Episode number 107, Poetics of Space. Pull that off. (laughs) All right, you ready? I'm Clay Lowe. And I'm Sarah Beth Hunt. You're listening to the Havana Cafe Sessions podcast. Where we get together once a week over coffee to talk about the big questions of life. Let's get into the show. All right, here we are back again in Havana Cafe Sessions, but we are Westworld, isn't it? I think. Yeah, I told no, you. See, you know, we woke up and now we're back here. <laughs> okay, I just like to tell everybody. Our dreams have been wiped. Now we're back here in Havana Cafe. That uh, we've had two episodes of AI and I kept saying to Clay, you got to watch Westworld, man. It's like written for you. You got to watch Westworld. So finally, he's taken my advice and he's now devoured I, episode, I binge watched season it one. while I was on holiday. Yeah, it was awesome. And it was very good. It's awesome. And um, but now it's going to be the new Matrix for you. I think you're going to start quoting Westworld like you quote the Matrix. Well, yes, there's some there's definitely some bits that I got to go back and watch because it's got some good definitions or some things to think about in relationship to um, our world, our life. But it also makes me think about the fact that, um, well, made me think about this idea of the afterlife and what that might be. It also made me think about sleep and where we go when we go to sleep. Um, and which parts the real world and not the real world have a different thought on consciousness now. Whatever, whatever the whole sleep thing is, I wish that they had knocked me out during the raising of my children early on because I saw every hour of those nights. It was yeah. just like, why did they make me do that then? Yeah, it was part of the experience. I know, I wish that's that part, hadn't That's happened. part of the park Maybe experience. Maybe it never happened. <laughs> well, it's, it's just part of my backstory. Exactly. That's All right. It. All right, so, where are we at? So but today we're talking about space and the... Uh, Poetics of space. So I want you to tell us about your holiday and what made you sort of think about this, because you know. Well, it was you that made me think about it. Was it? Yeah, because you wrote that thing about holding space for others, Mm. and that then someone was holding space for you. And then you were looking, looking out at the sea and thinking about that space. Yeah, well, it just made me think about. I mean, I'd had the book forever and a day now, the poetics of space. Haven't made my way through it, but then when you were talking about holding space mm. and having space held for you and what it did for you, and then it made me, th- and then I think you'd asked something about holiday, but then you think about space in relationship to where you go and choose for holiday. I mean, there's a lot of different nuances to space that we could have a look at. So I thought, well, we might as well explore space then, but yes. not the final frontier space, not yeah. Captain Kirk space. Yeah. But, um, the idea of space. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll start with something perhaps very simple as I'm thinking about space. And I guess what we're defining space is um, where you find yourself at physically. But I guess you can have mental space as well, but we'll come to that. But I'm thinking about, like, if you ever, any communities out there that uh, take the same train or bus, particularly the train, like I spent a year working down in London, basically, um, and you get to know the different people that are on the train with you because they get on in the same space, place, and you tend to sit in the same spot. Yeah. <laughs> and then the way that people can get, they can get very territorial about a public space that they don't own that, that's supposedly for everyone, but because they've kind of claimed that space as theirs, um, then they get kind of funny when yeah. people approach upon that space. So um, I guess the question would be what's important about, or what is space and how, why is it important to us? 
And I think there's that physical space, but also the mental space, like where you were coming from. And yeah, I was sort of thinking about this because um, the reading that um, so the Poetics of Space is a book by Gaston Bachelard that he wrote in 1958, but he is French, so any English speakers will get it in translation. Um, I'm right about that, right? French. Yes. Yeah. All right. French philosopher. Um, basically. What the, the sort of most basic level that it made me think about was sort of the aspects of space. So you, you have all the stuff that's in that space and the sort of contours, the shape of the space. So mm. you think about the room or your house or, you know, maybe there's a great expanse of space. Um, but then there's also sort of the 3D aspect to the space, so the empty space. Mm. And I think that can be really something that's quite overlooked but quite important because we always look at the things like our eyes are drawn to what is there yeah, rather than what is not there. Space. Right. And so, I th- but I think actually it's often in that negative space where the like good feng shui sort of things mm. can happen. If you're an artist, if anybody that likes drawing, one of the things that we do in drawing is to draw the negative space, which is quite huh. interesting exercise right because you'll it's interesting the shape that you what you end up getting if you draw the negative space like if i was going to draw you for instance now right i could draw you right or i could draw the negative space around you and right. i would come up with the same kind of ish shape right okay so yeah so yeah so that's that's well, one I of mean, the exercises is um, doing that yeah pra- on a practical level for us um my husband keeps wanting to create a building in the end of our garden as you know sort of you know he wants to make a man cave well in your garden? i'm not sure he's also convinced that this is going to be where his parents stay when they come and i'm like oh, no nah, it's not happening man but anyway he's it just, doesn't he's just fooling you yeah, he just really wants, he wants to a create man cave. a man cave basically you know my sort of one of my big issues with it is that when you think about that kind of thing initially you can quite easily forget so you think about where the sort of foundation will go, but it's quite easy to forget what will happen to the look of a place like my back garden if you take away the negative space, or sorry, the, the empty space in that whole area and what will happen to the feel of it and the feel of how much space there is and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, that's sort of like on a basic level. On a basic level, think about that. So we're just thinking about your garden, and if that space was to get occupied, how does that make you feel? I guess that's the thing with spaces. We have a reaction to the empty space or the space that's filled up or the cluttered space or... You know, does yep. that make you feel closed in or would it make so you it's feel... It's funny because sometimes like it, things can be quite cozy, can't mm. they? And then sometimes things can feel like they're coming in on you or they're taking away a kind the of... The walls are closing in on yeah, me. Yeah, have you been to... Um, it's uh, maybe really terrible for me to talk about another cafe besides the Havana Cafe, but have you been into Cafe One or Coffee One or yeah. whatever? So there's all kinds of like different places, but I, I found that place quite interesting because the ceilings are so high... So it's the same sort of feeling you come like in churches and mm. stuff when in cathedrals when the space above you is so high. It really creates a different like feeling, isn't there? And that's interesting that you say that because like I'll go into a coffee one because it has the space. But I don't like some of these boutique coffee yeah. shops that we go in because the space is so cramped. I feel yeah. that everyone's on top of me and then I don't have yeah. I don't have space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but saying that, 
when I was at university, I could not study in the library because it was felt like there was too much space and the space wasn't filled with any noise. So I needed a closer space but, mm. and more noise, if that That's made any sense. And then, I don't have, it's weird, but I don't have good feelings about libraries, like especially the university libraries. Yeah, see, I, not I love libraries for going and just, because that's where I spent my youth. You know, some people spend their youth on like a playground. Like public libraries are okay. I spent my University yeah. libraries, I don't have a good vibe there. No. None of the ones I've been in are very nice. you got to go to the one at West Point. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, that one's good. But I loved libraries in general, just in period, just to go in and all that knowledge, but I can't study in one. Right. But I love to go for the discovery. It's like right. an adventure. You go in, yeah, and yeah, as a yeah. kid, I just used to wander up the stacks and that one day might be in philosophy or religion or yeah. science or and I, and it just didn't matter to me it was just like all right I'll, I'll go on that end because I haven't been to that side of the library yeah. and and I, I don't know I just was yeah, always yeah. fascinated by that as a space same with um, and I know we're kind of all over the place but I'm just now you just made me think because that book as well he talks a lot about architecture I'm just thinking about um, like churches and yeah. that kind of space and going into these sort of sacred spaces that you have and the feel that you get with that kind of connection as well. So yeah. as I'm thinking about space, I'm thinking about mood, both positive and negative moods as well. So going into yeah. a church, I have a sense of this is a sacred space and I have a sense of calming. I'm not necessarily a, a religious person. I would say I'm more spiritual than religious, but I can go into any church yeah. and feel very comfortable in the space itself. Yeah because of the sort of feeling of reverence, the feeling of, you know, just kind of yeah. coming into your place. And I don't know if you've ever been to uh, the Alamo in Texas. No, you ever done that? no. Same, same kind of feel to go to the Alamo and hang in that same sort of almost sacred space in that end. Ah. But the, the energy or the feel that it gives off, right. you know, it affects the sort of emotional being, emotional sort of state of being. Yeah. And if you were thinking through your house now, let's take a walk, listeners as well, just take a walk through your house. Are there particular rooms that you go to do things in? And then if so, what are those rooms and what are the things that you do in these particular rooms and, and how come? Um, you asking me just yeah. personally? Um, yeah, definitely. I mean, I think I've always gradu- gravitated towards kitchens. And this is the first house I've lived in where the kitchen and standing at the sink you can look out onto the garden Mm. so I think that's a real nice like joy for me especially this time of year because our garden's like you know every day there's some kind of new flower so is that a place Uh, you go for reflecting well what's interesting is that which is another sort of aspect of space is what you're saying is like this sort of emotional aspect of space but Mm. also memories of, of spaces and um We've been in that house three years, but I feel like sometimes it takes longer to really have like a deep feeling of your space than okay. just that. I don't know. I, I feel like I, I don't feel like this is our forever home. I don't feel like I've gone like nestled down in and gone like, yeah, you haven't, you, know? you, haven't, you haven't, it's probably cause I'm like, it's a little bit too small for us. I'm getting like pushed out. I need to push the kids out. <laughs> Yeah. They're too young for that, though. Can't no, fend for themselves so yet. You, you don't feel like you've owned the space yet, as in the space isn't a place that you would... It's not your... It's yeah, not your. I mean, I, li- I like our house. Hmm. It, uh, in a way, 
the nice upgrade space-wise in our house is that before that we lived in these row in a row house. We've lived in a few row houses. Well, two only two actually, but I find them quite narrow, mm. you know. And I, I just don't get on with the feng shui of of the na- of that narrow house. Everything has to sort of be like what I feel like is slightly illogical. Yeah. Whereas... You have introduced a new term to us. Can you have to tell us what feng shui is? Oh, yeah. Well, I don't really know that much about feng shui. (laughs) I'm just throwing it around, you you know, as us us new age people. uh, Just throw that feng shui around. It has something to do about, from a... uh, so I did look it up. Did you? Okay, good. Okay. Because, you know, I'm type A and I've got my notes. Never fear. So feng shui... Translated means wind water, but it's basically the um, it's a Chinese origin mm-hmm. associated with Taoism and like originally associated with sort of the forces of nature. And it said the feng shui is the practice of using energy forces to harmonize individuals with their surrounding environment. Yeah, and I kind of liked that, and that was a little bit of a different nuance to me than. I had I had I taken the human element out of it, and I had just thought about it in terms of like the energy flows. So I knew that feng shui was used to situate buildings on land and to situate burial sites, but I I had sort of thought about it just being like this is the natural way the energy is flowing in this place, mm. and so this is the good place to put it. Whereas actually, what that sounds like it's saying is that this is the way the energy flows and this is where we feel good as humans. Yeah. Like this is what resonates with us either sort of on a general human level because on some level we're similar, but then it might be in your home tailored to you, yeah, I guess. Absolutely. Well, that's what they would do to a room, isn't it? To yeah. make sure that it has But I right just assumed that lining. like it would all be the same. Yeah. But actually it sounds to me like it's very like personal as well. It can be very personal. Yeah. I think it, that you get tied in with all sorts of astrological aspects as well. And okay. the cardinal directions and like, I forget where like there's certain places in the room that you don't want the trash can to be. All I knew is like, don't point a mirror at your bed. Yeah. So <laughs> I was like, okay, that sounds fine. <laughs> so, so yeah, I think it's, it's, um, it's quite an in-depth subject in and of itself in relationship to that. But I think you draws out some good things in terms of you know how do you make a room feel um where you feel aligned with the energy in your room so if i think about my study you know some people say you know if you've got a tidy desk is a tidy mind yeah whereas i don't get that sense for me but your mind isn't tidy yeah my mind isn't tidy so a tidy desk makes it harder for me to think now whether that's just a psychological thing or me being rebellious against it but if my if my desk is too tidy, then I can't I can't do my thing. Yeah. But on the other side, like at the moment, uh, it's a do for a tidy because it's now the swamp s- is. Yeah, the desk because it's now so messy that I'm trying to do things and I can't do them because it's so messy. <laughs> so, okay. So there's got to be a balance. I don't Tell like me about neat. the space of your your space. My space of my space. So. You've got um, the swamp, which is yeah. your little room. Well, the, the, the swamp is my, my little room, but I don't necessarily do my best thinking there. As I, so if I think of the swamp as probably more of um, a workshop that okay. I go and I can kind of work on things, like if I'm working on something, um, my creativity is downstairs. 
okay. in my chair, my little chair. In fact, it's the same chair. When someone, I did this thought experiment that said, you know, we do, you know, if you only had a year to live, what would you do? And if you had six months to live, what would you do? And then what would you do in your final moments? So my final thing that I wanted to do was to be in my chair with a cup of coffee, no people in the room. I wouldn't want anybody with me. I would want to just right. have my little chair, have my little I, last I kind of feel like couple of minutes. it's probably not a little chair. Well, it's not a little chair, but it's, <laughs> it, it's a chair. <laughs> it's one of these big recliner things, but that's where... It, so um, is it a Barca lounger? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> okay. And it's, it's where I do my reading. It's a place where I would... Can do my I thinking. hope I hope out there somewhere there's a friends watcher that just got that reference. Yeah, please, yeah, please, please tweet me. <laughs> I don't have a super one though. I don't have one that holds has a fridge or anything in it or a cooler in it. It's just a normal old recliner. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, so and then when I think about other parts or spaces in the in the house, which is kind of weird. I like hanging out on the stairs, believe it or not. Hmm. So depending on where I'm at. Or I'm wrestling with a particular problem or whatever, I will sometimes go and sit at the top of the stairs. Really? Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, it's inconvenient for other people in the house because they <laughs> want to get by. <laughs> but it's like, this is my space right now, right here at the top of the stairs, sitting there. So I, I do shift around the house depending on... I can just imagine, like... What other people in your family are? Yeah. Uh oh, something's oh, up. What's he doing? Clay's at the top of the stairs. Yeah, that's yeah. it. So yeah, depending on where I'm at, state of mind wise, or depending on where I will go to in a room. Like I don't ever like some people like to do their writing or creating in their sort of bedroom and they sit on the bed. And I can't, I can't work in that kind of space. I've tried like yeah. sitting, but it doesn't work for me. Yeah. Um, and then, but yeah, but sitting at the top of the stairs does. All right. Well, <laughs> yeah. you know. It's interesting that we've been talking all about home because that's the whole Poetics of Space book is all about the domestic space being like the key of all spaces. Right. So I think he sort of spends a lot of time talking about the fact that the domestic space for your home basically is the most important because it's where your personal experience reaches its epitome. Right. That's what he says. And he says that all really inhabited space bears the essence of the notion of home. So, yeah, that was kind of interesting to me to think about, like, how we sort of invest a sense of home in places that aren't our physical home. So I was thinking about, um, about this town, because I had my first son here, and then we moved away to Glasgow for a year and a half. And uh, when I came back... What most struck me was the feeling I had about certain spaces in this town. Because I feel like this town is sort of, and I, I don't know if it's a big or small thing. I think probably people that grew up in cities have the same yeah. kind of thing. Where it's like, you have your little places. Like I have that, you know, place by the, by the bridge coming from the bandstand parks. So you go over the bridge and you can take that right that curves up and around towards Victoria Park. And that little... We used to live right near there, and that little curved place is where my oldest son learned to walk, basically. Right. And so he would just have his little cart, and we'd bring, we'd walk it over there, and he'd push it up and push it down, and he'd think it was really funny to like go down the slight incline and like almost fall, and I'd be running after him like ah, you know. But 
coming back to those spaces after having been away from those spaces and having been taken away from a place that had started to feel like home Mm. to a place that really wasn't home and then coming back into it, it really struck me, even though we weren't going back to the same physical house, that I had sort of invested all these memories and and all of these feelings that were now part of all these spaces. Um, that's an interesting thing, you know, doing again, as you said, if you did a walk around your town, like if you go back to your hometown and just think of the memories that are contained in different spaces and where yeah. that sort of conjures itself back up. I think we really have become a little bit detached from that as well, because if we've moved around so much, there might be a lot of people who actually haven't experienced that quite as much. And I think it's really when you've been somewhere a long time, it always really strikes me because I feel like... For me, there are moments when time feels very um, thin, mm. and I feel like suddenly I don't know if I've come from, like the past and the present and the future all seem very like close. Mm. And it's particularly around spaces that I have memories of. So you know, you'll walk through a space in which you're walking through that exact space at a different point in your life. And that other person that you were in that space or that other whole reality is so, feels so close sometimes, and yet it's time that's separating you, not space. So I just, yeah, I think those kind of things can be quite powerful about spaces too. And if you haven't, you know, stayed in a place long enough to really do those things, then... Yeah, like, yeah, anyway. like, um, like I'm a big into history, history buff, but I love going to old mm. forts and things like that. Again, just, you know, occupying that space, thinking about the history that's happened there, that's gone before you, the people that have walked on that same sort of ground. Um, again, it just elicits... You share, some, you're sharing a space with that, those yeah. people. Time may have separated you, but... Yeah. This, yeah. Now, what about negative space? Not negative space as in we talked about earlier, but what about a space that you go in it? Does it make you feel good for no no rational reason, but you go in it? Yeah. And you just... I have someone um, that I work with sometimes that is really aware and sensitive to these kind of things, and she'll mm. walk in a place and be like, uh-uh. In fact, I know a couple people like that mm. that are much more aware. And I, I've always liked our house... For, the, for that exact reason because I don't get that feeling because, you know, I'm sure I've told you I'm a real scaredy. Yeah, you know. So, <laughs> no, you know. I've been to places where, you know, just this, being in that space just has negative vibes. Mm. Um, in fact, I once changed rooms at a hotel I was in. In fact, it was in Scotland. It was in um, Everin- Everness, I'm not Inverness, um, Aviemore. Mm-hmm. And I was in a hotel and... I was in the room and I was like, I can't stay in this room. But again, no logical reason, but I just didn't feel comfortable. I wasn't, so it wasn't a decor or any of that. And it wasn't, the size was fine, but. The room that you moved into, did it look pretty much the same? Yeah, it's pretty much the same room, but just in a different place. But the energy coming from that particular room, it just was very uncomfortable. Yeah. Kind of, but, and you know, but no, there was no. And it wasn't like it was a cold room with no heat and was broken. There was nothing wrong with the room. It just energetically right. just didn't get good vibes in the room itself. Um, and just to the point where I was like, I can't stay in this room. Yeah. And then I asked them to, to um, change me. They 
subsequently said, oh, yeah, that room's haunted, but I, yeah, I don't know if you believe in ghosts and stuff like that, but that might have just been the thing that they were selling me. But, um, that, yeah, so it's interesting. And, I've, yeah, I've been in that kind of, yeah, it's a weird feeling yeah. about it, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, like going to a place and, the, you know, the hair on the back of your neck stands up. And it's like, all right, well, I can't, I can't hang out. Um, yeah. in this, this sort of place. And then when I think about um, motivational spaces for me, I know we mentioned numerous podcasts about the mountains for me is, mm-hmm. uh, you know, in terms of that, the space there. And I think what it is about that is the, especially when I look at, um, and I'm alone, and then I look out in the distance and, you know, you've got these big old mountains and things around you, just to, that vast space just brings life into perspective because I realize how much of a tiny little dot I am in the spectrum of everything Um, and then that insignificance for some reason just makes me feel Mm -hmm. grounded and whole or complete or whatever people say that whole oneness I get that I think there's a real thing and I can't remember this was in a story and I can't remember but um, maybe it was just I was thinking about it but there's a real thing about cultures that can see the horizon versus mm. cultures that are in a place that can't. Right. And I kind of wonder if, you know, not not that one's better than the other, yeah. but that there's some kind of impact that that has when there's, like, different kinds of space around you, you know? Yeah. Anyway, are we at break time? Do I need yeah, to let's, break Yeah, let's break take us? a quick break and top up on our fluids. And, uh, mm-hmm. and The coffee's back. tasting good today. You know, sometimes it's like... Well, I am so where because I've just come back from Fortaventura and the place we were staying there. Don't say they had bad coffee. Had bad coffee. Oh no! I haven't had a, I have a decent. Co- I had one decent coffee. I think I went. I did one of those Segway things, and I wanted to stop. The, you were like I was on at the a <laughs> cafe, and I had a coffee, and I was I'm like, "Ah." Sorry, oh. I just got this great <laughs> image of you on the Segway looking for coffee. That was it. I found me a coffee and I was happy, but the coffee at my hotel was just like no good. Oh my god! I was not happy. If at I all. could have a picture of that, yeah. I would have seen. I would be so much. So this is, you know, you want to go and, and uh, you know experience the, the culture, whatever this they have is, around you. But you want to bring why, your own this coffee. This is why man. we get along because you know that would be me too. I'd be like desperate on the single yeah. going through town. Please not instant. Please not instant. I need me a coffee. Even the stuff out in the machines was just no good. I was like, come on, man. Doesn't anybody know how to make a decent coffee in this town? No. Uh, So, yes. And I had my first decent coffee now here. Well, take that back. At the airport, Yeah. I had a a coffee. And here, well, I had my first. Right before you went to sleep? Yeah. Well, not before I went to sleep. Before I got on the plane to come back here. Oh, right. Okay. Okay. I still went to sleep on the plane. Coffee doesn't keep me up. You know that. All right, let's take a quick break. Thanks for listening to the podcast. We really enjoyed bringing you the episodes over the past two years. Our goal for 2018 is to grow our audience, our community of contemplators like you. And we would really appreciate your help with this. Now, there's a few things that you as a listener can do that are pretty easy and simple that will really help us out a lot. So if you enjoy the podcast and want it to continue, it would be great if you could share it with a few friends who you think might enjoy listening. Um, Going to iTunes and giving us a review so that it boosts us in the algorithms and it can come across other people who might enjoy it. 
And if you'd like to financially support the podcast, you can go to the contribution section of our website. Thanks and back to the show. All right. Well, let's kick this off um, with about personal space. Now, how are you? Where's the, where's, where's, where's the, where does it become uncomfortable for someone to? It be? all depends. Personal space all depends on how like close you are with somebody, though, too, okay, isn't it? So, like your personal space, like between us, or you know, if with friends or whatever, is going to be different than with a stranger. I don't know. I got. No? I have a very small personal space. I don't mind. You don't mind people just cozying up next to you? Yeah, no, I, huh. I, I don't. I don't mind it at all. And but I know some people get kind of weirded I, out by people. I, I don't get remember. Too yeah, I don't remember a time recently where someone's been in my personal space, but I do feel like that about the kids sometimes. <laughs> it's like, the, you the know. The kids are in your personal I, yeah, space. I need, Come, I on, need, Come yeah. on, get off me, man. I need I my know. space. Well, I need like a little bit of, yeah. Sometimes my cat gets into my personal space, oh, which is yes. on me. Now, that's a difference. Like the cat yeah. is like, oh, man, like, get off me. And, and they're then, always like sitting right on your book that you're trying to read. Yeah, I'm trying to do some stuff on the computer yeah. and it's like on my lap. They're like, come on, man, give me some space here. But yeah, but some people have different tolerances for what that sort of personal sort of space is. And I guess it does come down to how, well, you, your personal preference, but also then what's the intimacy level of that person, with their think, friends or strangers. Yeah. Or, I do think also maybe it depends on your mood because sometimes when I'm in a social mood, mm. then I'm sort of want to, you know, cluster in and talk to people and stuff. But when I'm in a sort of more... Solitary. Yeah. Then yeah. I then I sort of I find myself without really sometimes being aware that I'm doing it until I've already done it. Yeah. But like sort of bringing myself away yeah. and sort of you know like at school pickup and stuff I'll just sort of stand away. And do you find yourself? And I've done this on the public transport. Do you create a space around you just fits with your energy kind of thing? Because yeah, sometimes those seats are quite close to each other. Yeah. And uh, but you have that that. Or of projection <laughs> other people leave you some space. I remember once on a flight up to... I'm not uh, sure I could project the aura. No, I, it was a flight up to Edinburgh and then the guys were sat next to me and then we were both adamant that we were going to control the space. So much so that our arms were like, there was tension. My arm was pushing against his arm, it was pushing against my arm. And neither one of us wanted to give ground on the space. So that's we just, took that's the, just testosterone, man. I guess so, but we flew up the whole flight. I mean, that's it's only an hour flight with, you, with the tension. Yeah. So we never really like, because nobody wanted to give way. Yeah. I was, I was like, I'm not, I'm not moving. And he wasn't moving. Um, and we didn't say anything. We just That's was like, too funny. <laughs> and, and yeah, there was things that I wanted to do, but I was refusing to give up. Yeah. <laughs> to give up the space. Because then you would, yeah, yeah. Because then he would have just Spread he expanded. Yeah, it's like, come yeah. on, man. Yeah, yeah. Get out of here. Um, we were going to talk about holding space because I was quite curious. Because I mean, that's what made me want to think to do this topic was where you were saying that. Um, from your yoga, you hold space for people, and then you went to a yoga. I guess you went. You were well, a student, and yeah. So, so I mean, what was interesting about last week for me personally was that a friend of mine is doing her yoga teacher training, and so mm. she had arranged to have like a practice session with some friends so she could practice instructing. So I had gone along. It was a really close friend of mine, and although she's new to teaching yoga she's not new to yoga but she's new to teaching yoga she's very experienced at 
holding space. And she's done a lot of like way of counsel training and just all kinds of stuff, mm. you know, in that, in that sort of space. And uh, basically, it was in the place where I teach. So I, most of my teaching, although not all of it, is in this place called the Serenity Barn. And it's, you know, it's been nice to read about and think about the poetics of space because that space is so nice. And it's, it's quite small. There's like a max of six mm. in a room, but the walls are white. There's a big glass door with open light coming in. There's wooden beams because it's an old converted little barn. Um, you know, and so there's, there's a really nice, it creates a really nice space and it has a really nice feel to it. And I really believe that like, obviously people are coming because of the wonderful quality of my teaching. But I do think that like there is a really important aspect of what you're giving within the space you're giving it. And I, you know, I saying that coming from years of teaching in village halls that are used for 17 other things and they're still vibrating with the energy of like the kid's birthday party earlier in the yeah. day and whatever. Or, you know, they've got stuff spilled all over the carpet and, you know, it, it really does matter. So I went and because it was in the space that I normally teach, I think I also just, because I didn't need to be in charge hmm. and I was able to sort of step into a place of a student and just chill and be in myself, whereas when I'm teaching, I'm always, you know, I'm sort of like out here. Then, yeah, it was really, it was a very nice so experience. holding the space that looks like or sounds like what? Well. And what does it allow you to do if someone's holding the space? What I, what I experienced and what I appreciated in that session was that there was a place where someone else was creating a sort of Container And for that, there was like a spatial aspect to the container. There was like the barn and in there. And then on your yoga mat, you don't have to be anybody. Mm. You know, you can just let all of the roles that you play and all of the responsibilities that you have and all the stuff that's going on, whatever that looks like. is sort of like for me experientially, it was like the masks fell off of my face. Mm. And even sort of what one I was really aware of was this mask of like not that it's fake but this like need to smile yeah. you know to be like friendly in the world and like even that sort of just came off um but there's also a sort of um so there's a spatial element to it but there's also sort of a time bound element to it so you know that even though you've got to pick all that stuff up on some level when you go out for this time that you're in there you don't. Hmm. And literally there is nothing you can do about any of that. So I felt like that was really important. And then there's also this, um, I think sort of element of acceptance of whatever, like everything is okay. Hmm. So whatever you bring is okay. Yeah. And whatever comes out is okay. And if you're not smiling, that's okay. Yeah. And you know, whatever. So I think I read in your article that you sent through one of the things about holding space for another person is that you have a you create a non-judgmental so the person's not judging you you don't feel like you have to justify anything that you yeah. do and as you say whatever you bring to the room they let you bring it to the room without questioning it without yeah. trying to change it without trying to do anything other than yeah. make it safe for you to 
be or do whatever it is that you needed to do in that, that time bound Yeah, I think there's, there's sort of like different conversations that happen. And sometimes you're having a conversation because you want feedback or mm. you're telling a story and you want confirmation on stuff. But I think there are really times when you just need somebody to listen but almost do more than listening. It's like there's a... It's really hard to describe, but there's a sort of exactly that. There's sort of a communication, a sort of silent communication just Mm. by silence and by sort of receiving of that other person's whatever, that not only are you not going to judge what they're saying and whatever they say is okay, but you're also like it said in this article, and I think it was really true, that there's also you're not taking away their power. Mm. So you're not trying to solve their problem which is taking away their power by saying you don't know how to solve your problem let me tell you how to do it and you're not like creating any kind of doubt that they can't solve that problem or they can't handle because all of that other stuff that sometimes you know I also feel like I interject when people are talking is actually sometimes can be quite undermining because it's like it seems like you can't handle it, so mm. let me, you know, say this stuff to help you handle it. Whereas I feel like when you're holding space for somebody, it's like it is really just that simple, like, here, okay, you know. Yeah, you have to get yourself in there because, I mean, I do this in the sort of coaching realm as well as holding space that is for right. people, isn't it? And yeah. The, and, a, and a lot of it is just like you kind of alluded to there. Even that. So our natural propensity is to want to help people. So when someone times that come and they, they do just want to talk, but you naturally as a human want to help. So it isn't so you don't consciously want to take away their power because you think you're helping because that's the human humane thing to do is to help that person. But as you're saying, I think it's, you know, creating space for someone where you're not interfering with whatever direction that they want to go and then that's okay. Even something simple like asking questions can actually throw, and it's a legitimate question, but you might change a person's train of thought. And mm. then now they're suddenly have been redirected by your question and they're going to follow that path out, whereas they might have had a different path that they wanted to follow. Um, so it, it, it is quite a skill to be able to listen, create what? that space, and without redirecting their energy, um, without, as you say, giving advice think, or doing yeah. those sorts of things. Do you think that? Um, because it doesn't necessarily mean that you're completely silent Mm. as the sort of witnessing party but would you agree that like um, what is it called like when you sort of echo back what someone's feeling Mm. that's like active listening basically like where you're like so what you're saying is that this is how you feel would you say that that is still part of holding space for somebody um, or do you feel like I'm you saying, actually have to be silent? I think that you have to be careful with what you just said there because you are interpreting and then reflecting back, which mm-hmm. it kind of feels you're reflecting back. Um, but I think there's a skill in that as well because yeah. you might have it wrong, which might be not what the person was feeling. Again, it's so easy to But throw isn't that the whole thing is like... It, then they have a chance to then say, no, it's not that, it's hmm. this. I yeah. don't know. Yeah. yeah. So I, I tend to ask questions like more, like what specifically do you mean by that? Right. This is what you've said, but use their exact language 
right. what does that mean to you as opposed right. to saying what I'm hearing is this yeah. that and the other thing yeah um, which might be so I get them to say so my nature of my mm-hmm. question is to get them to articulate what's in their head as opposed to what's in my head. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And sometimes it's hard to do from an individual place. Like I say to people that I'm training to be coaches is that you have to lose yourself but know we're confident that you can regain yourself when you're done with that session and to go in with no preconceived agenda Mm -hmm. um, and, again, have the confidence that you can absorb and or... um, yeah, that you, you you can handle whatever comes your way. Because if you go with again with a preconceived agenda, then the nature of your question is going to drive. Because again, you think naturally, I just want to help this person solve the problem that they're having. Yeah. Um, and then you might have experience in that same thing, and so you naturally want to give. But it isn't necessarily empowering from the person if we're talking about um, holding space for them to work through whatever it is that they need to work through. And I know we had a conversation about language, um, yeah. in one of our episodes and at the same time that, cause language can, is imprecise. Um, and you have things going on in your head that you have to then convert to language, but then in the conversion of the language, it alters yeah. what it is that you were sort of experiencing a feeling, that kind of thing. So, yeah. Um, I think the other thing is for me, which is a little bit different in the yoga, is that part of my job in holding space there is the sort of them putting their trust that I'm going to change the energy in their body a little bit, both mm. by how we move and by my instructions on how you might try and breathe, and that. I know what I'm doing, yeah. you know, and that I'm not going to take you to a scary place or, you know, because there are, you know, there are things that, you know, it sounds a bit like woo woo, but actually the, your breathing practices can like spin you off in your head if you don't bring yourself back. Mm. Remember we did ages ago yeah. when you were saying about the meditation and like, so you can, so I'm, I'm quite careful And I mean, this is like, you know, my years of experience Mm. teaching is like you have to sort of, you know, if you bring someone to a certain place, you have to bring them back. And I think that's that's part of like what I do to hold space for other people. But then also what was really nice about that space being held for me is that in my own home practice, I still have to do that for myself. I have to think through the whole process, whereas sometimes it's really nice to give that aspect over to someone because if you are trying to hold that bit as well you can't go as deep in yourself and yeah. just switch off to the the like you know because you it, it's sort of like you know if you're walking on a journey you don't always want to be thinking about the roadmap and where you're going next and where you're going next sometimes you just really want to be with this one step that you're taking right now yeah. but you can't do that if you're in charge yeah, well, no, so I have the same like whenever I lead people in the mountain. It's exactly that. Like when I want to experience a mountain and I don't want the pressure of bleeding, mm-hmm. I usually, that's why I do a lot of solo stuff because I don't want that pressure of, have, you know, of having to make these people feel safe and that I know where I'm going. Like I'm happy to get lost, um, but I'm not happy to get other people lost. Right. <laughs> you know? So usually when I take a group out, I'll only take unless it's someone of. But then, what would it? Before. What would what would be different if someone else was leading you? 
Well, see, I, I, I don't like that. I know you are. You're the wayfinder. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't like yeah. that. I, I, I'm trying to think. Have I? Like, I've gone out. No, I have done. I've gone out, and I have to f- consciously fight not paying attention and just letting the other person go. But I find out, I do find it hard to do. Like, if I yeah. go, someone else is leading. In fact, I went on a course once. <laughs> In Scotland, I spent a lot of time in Scotland. That saying sounds like by this podcast, and I was doing a um, winter climbing course, um, and again, it had two instructors, but then somebody had a problem, and one of the instructors had to go, so it was just uninstructed by itself. And then things that were happening it was like, well, I'm meant to be a student, and I just want to chill, but then I find myself having, to, and I ended up being. Well, taking the place of his instructor, they went away and being in that sort of space, just because it's that whole thing of... The hero may rise. Well, not only that, but it's like, it just, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. 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 So, yes, I find that, and that's that's something interesting now that I'm thinking about that. Hmm. Do I need to work on that, being able to let go? (laughs) Maybe I'll try it. Well, I don't know. I think the different, like, you need... Maybe this is maybe this is the different reading on that is that different people need different kinds of spaces held for them, mm. you know, and yeah. Well, do you know what? As we even so that was a physical thing, but I don't like I hold space for lots of people, but I don't have space held for me. This was my thing where I was yeah. like, wow. Yeah. Last week I was a bit like blown away by yeah. both how powerful that was and how much I need that. Yeah. But then also you think. When you go out in the mountains, there's a certain aspect that the universe is holding space for you. Mm. Well, you know, the universe like, is doing it for me, yeah, yeah. No, I you get know, that. like, yeah. so, yeah, the mountains and the thing, they're there holding space for you. So that's why I maybe have to that's. Go. I go to the mountains maybe that's okay. to hold the space for me, yes, because yeah. I feel at one with them. <laughs> the <laughs> feng shui thing, energy. Yeah. So, um, I guess rounding this off then, just thinking about space and the various different aspects of space. They have their emotional uh, effect on us. Spaces do, um, both spaces, large and small, and whether it's I a think, good yeah. vibe or yeah. a bad vibe. Um, then there's the mental space to think about, and you know, where do you go, and who holds that for you, or where do you go inside your mind for mental space? I think well, that's a whole other episode we need to do is mental space. Mm, mental space to do yeah. what to do some thinking and creating. Yeah. And cut that. Um, yeah. Or to be. To I don't be. Know. Now, we talked about to be, yeah. but that's another thing, I uh, think. That's yeah. maybe separate from space, but I think spaces do affect your being, don't mm. they? Yeah. You know, thinking, about, thinking about being on a crowded plane <laughs> and that space and trusting. That's funny. Now, did you say that? Now, I'm trusting a pilot to fly a plane. He's yep. holding space, literally, for us, yeah. keeping us in I'm the air. I'm glad I don't have that kind of space to hold for people. Yeah. If someone breaks down in a yoga class, it'll all be okay it's in all, the end. It's all just a bit of crying. Yeah. But, yeah. No, but I get that, what you're saying, because I'm just thinking about some of the more dangerous things I've done, scuba diving and stuff like that. And yeah. you have an instructor who's holding the space for you, and you're able to, if you're Let on go. your own, That's right. then you've got a whole other set of things to think about. But with that instructor holding a space, you're trusting that they are looking out for safety and that sort of thing. So you can completely let go. You don't have to That's worry right. about That's true. Yeah. Um, those things, which is, you know, again, it, it allows you to f- 
focused on it without being having your energies. Just go, ooh, wow, look at that turtle. Divide it, yeah. So that's good. Um, okay, good. Poetics yeah. of, of sort of space. Oh, in the space of underneath the ocean. Oh, Speaking I of that. scuba diving, oh. Well, favorite. I find that both relaxing and scary. Oh no, I love it. Yeah, no, I dig it. But then oh. when you look out to the, when you look out There's away from lip- the reef, yeah, and you just. I yeah. just imagine sea creatures saying, hmm, that looks tasty. He looks delicious. And See, what's so funny about me is that, like, I don't think of, I, it's everything that scares me is nothing real, yeah. which is, like, yeah, ridiculous. Yeah. But, you know, when I look out in that space, it's the space that scares me. Yeah. Do you know what's so funny? This is, like, unrelated, and I'll make it quick. But That's right. So Finley's playing Minecraft, and he's in a flat world. He's my little scaredy. I've no. passed this on to him. And, uh... He dug down, and it, because it was a flat world, apparently the underworld was, like, right there. He doesn't really know anything about this because he doesn't play survival. He's just on creative yeah. mode and all this kind of stuff. But basically, he knew the underworld was, like, right there. So even though he filled up the hole, he couldn't play that world anymore. Right. He had to, like, shut it down. Because the underworld, the underworld was, was there. and it was too close for comfort. And I was like, dude, I get that. When you, now that you mention it, I know we were going to close it down. Because that's you, like the looming dark space. Yeah, because you just made yeah. me think about dimensions, you know, how many different dimensions mm. that there might be and that we're on top of or sharing or, or that sort of sort of aspect, interdimensional space. But maybe that's a, a topic for another time. Although I can see the gleam in your eye that we're <laughs> going to go there. Well, yeah. I was thinking about Michael Moorcock and the multiverse and all that kind of thing. Yeah, let's and, do it sometime. And then Nietzsche's, um, the reoccurring, his theory of reoccurrence, with this oh. idea that because, you know, mathematically you're bound to repeat this life in this way, and do you want to, so do you live according to how you would want to do repeat. this? repeat this eternally. Well, if we're in Westworld, we're just repeating the same storyline again and again, aren't we? Yeah, that's Which right. Which is basically true. We're going to some, we're gonna have to do some more with Westworld. I, know, I don't want to mm. burn people out on Westworld having three episodes in a row about Westworld, yeah. but there's so many other levels we can go All right. with Westworld. All right. On that note, let's say goodbye. Anything that we need to talk about, say, yes, supporting the podcast. We need to make sure we mention that. Yeah. Um, Reviews on iTunes. Basically, what I would say to everybody is if you've made it through to the very end of this episode, you must like it and get on our newsletter if you're not because that way the show notes and the reminders and little like notes from us come to your inbox and it's once a week. that you're doing now as well is that we're going to put the show notes on the newsletter. That's right. They're really short. They're just like, hey, this is what it's about this week and any kind of little message we have or like a cool article or something. So it won't be long but um yeah it's if you've made it this far and you're not on the newsletter get on the newsletter and you can do that by going to the website yeah uh, absolutely you gotta join the join the tribe join the community yeah yeah i dig it all right cool that's it let's get out of here drink some more coffee i gotta make up my coffee drinking yeah you do after a week without good coffee hey everybody thanks for listening to the podcast we really enjoyed bringing you the episodes over the past two years. We have a goal for 2018 to grow our audience, our, contemplate, our community of contemplators like you, and we'd really appreciate your help. In fact, there's a few things that you can do quite easily that would really help us out a lot. One is by sharing it with other friends that you think might enjoy listening to the show.
Another is going to iTunes and giving us a review, which will boost the algorithm and put the show out in front of more eyes that um, can, people can come across it. And you can financially support the show by going to the contribution section of our website. Thanks a lot.